When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. We're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there. This is all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and catch Ox1947 today, along with everybody else at LakersBall.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom. Get well soon, Laker Tom, and Happy New Year to you and the family. The number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Hopefully, Yami Swoot, a.k.a. Jamie Sweet, of his Five Things articles will join us tonight. He said he thought he could. We'll see. They'll be, they're always at Lakerholics.com. Plus, also as well, if you want your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today and you're in the Southern California area, check us out at Sinblades, SinbladesWithYi.com. Plus, our friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, Courtside Lakers on Instagram, over 5,000 followers there already. What are you waiting for? Follow that today. Plus, also subscribe to our good friend John McCallion on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Like and subscribe today so you get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air. If you do all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Come on, guys. Let's sing it all now for LeBron at 38 years old. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Okay, Joe doesn't want to sing it, but that's okay, Sean. That's what, okay. what is this, Applebee's? Come on, get to the show. All right. what, do you remember Farrell's if you're in the Southern California area? Remember Farrell's? They used to come around with a big old band. They used to have like this big, huge, like Sunday looking thing. Ice cream, hot fudge Sunday used to bring to you if it was your birthday and you used to feel all special. That's just what I was doing for LeBron today. But okay. All right. But it is LeBron James turning 38 today. And how did he celebrate his birthday? In Atlanta, facing off against the Atlanta Hawks. What a great game today by LeBron James. Who says? 38 is going to slow him down. Just a tremendous dominating performance. Was he motivated by turning 38? Was he motivated by the Lakers at 14 and 21 coming into the game? Was he motivated because he just wants to get things done after making some pointed comments about how he wants to finish his career? 
as a winner, he went out today and actually proved he could still be a winner, dominating the game with 47 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Thomas Bryan, tremendous performance from him, 19 points, 17 rebounds. Also as well, I want to give special props to Juan Toscano Anderson, who doesn't normally get the kind of pub out there he came in and chipped in a three for three performance russell westbrook was very solid 14 points 11 assists eight rebounds as well the lakers even though they had a lot of turnovers still still were able to get out in the floor transition 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 23 to 5 and also the big key here the third quarter the third quarter which had been such an uh such an enigma for the team for all this season, they came back after being down virtually the entire game with a strong 36 to 28 third point uh, third quarter, and the Lakers pulled away after getting a nice little comeback from Atlanta. Pulled away late in the fourth quarter to get a 130 to 121 victory. And here today to go ahead and talk about today's game, two great guests so far. I'm hoping for Jamie Sweet as well. All celebrating LeBron James's 38 birthday but also hearing some possible concerning news on anthony davis if you checked out dave mcmenamin during the course of the game he posted and actually he tweeted out something that was very concerning so i want to talk about that as well first up it's first man here good man indeed got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as ox1947 right there for you lakersball.com it is joe soro joe Terrific performance by LeBron. They were behind the eight ball all game long, except for when it came to the third quarter. This was probably their best third quarter scene. I, think, I don't think anybody will argue that. Uh, LeBron looked like he, he had something personal going on tonight. Oh, yeah, it's his birthday. <laughs> it was... When he was when he was sitting on the bench, the team was just in shambles. As soon as he got back in, everything went well. He started making his deep threes. Once he makes his deep threes, you might as well just kiss it goodbye. So, in the end, here, uh, good team win. Some of the guys that are not the usual suspects were tonight, and their defense wasn't good at all all game but their offense made up for it yeah uh thomas bryant had a career game tonight uh at least in my eyes uh, 1917 uh when it mattered and lebron uh celebrated his birthday like most greats with a amazing performance and a what looks like a a message to not only the front office, but also to the basketball world that it this does not look like LeBron James is going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And we might need to start conditioning ourselves and understanding LeBron James might be the Tom Brady of the NBA, meaning and he might end up being a guy that plays until he's in his mid-40s. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing he would have gotten hurt the last few years with groin here and there, but it doesn't look like he's slowing down. So the Lakers, I'm not expecting the Lakers to do anything this year. Uh, I'm expecting Anthony Davis to probably not be worth anything this year. 
this was before Dave McMenamin's announcement. Uh, but this summer, the Lakers organization better put something together so that this guy can compete next year. Otherwise, you are absolutely doing a disservice to not only his career, but to all of our viewerships. <laughs> well, it's very disappointing to hear. I mean, and the win was done. When he reported it during the course of the game was kind of like really fishy. I really wasn't sure why he actually did it when he did, but uh, he did want to report, and I'll go ahead and mention his report right now. He talked about Anthony Davis. It was, again, during the course of the game. He Anthony Davis acknowledges that the surgery might be required to remove a bone spur in his right foot this summer, but for now remains cautiously optimistic that he can return to court to finish off the season. So I'll let you decide what may on that one, but... Also here today to talk about today's game, good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out. Every time he's here, he's the madman for Toronto, the guy who just can't get out of Toronto traffic. It is the magic man. Magic man, great to have you here. Excellent hat, my friend. I was actually wearing a Lakers beanie most of the day. I'm here in the Washington area. I will say this is so funny because you, I'm wearing three different Lakers jackets or hoodies, wearing a, a Lakers beanie. People stopping me out in front of Pike's place, a uh, Pike place, the famous marketplace in Seattle. Hey, Lakers, you know, I know they're doing bad, but man, gotta love the Lakers. Gotta send some love for Lakers. I'm going through the airport. TSA guy stops me for five minutes after he pats me down, thinking, you know, making sure I don't have any anything anywhere, you know, blowing up the airport or anything like that. So wants to talk Lakers for five minutes. It's totally angered my wife. I go everywhere, baby. <laughs> so the thing is, with LeBron James 38, can he still turn black, turn back the clock even more? Oh wow, that that would be a, a rabbit out of a hat, so to speak. I mean, my goodness, forty-seven points, ten rebounds, nine assists, a uh, hell of a thirty-eighth birthday for him. Um, you know, Gerald, uh, I, I sort of go back to uh, a book that uh, I highly recommend that other young people get their hands on if they can. And uh, it's called The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And law number nine states that you win, an, you win a side through action, not through argument. Now... Earlier on yesterday, LeBron made it very clear, very clear that two things are true. The first, he's still motivated to win championships. So he let that be known first and foremost that uh, it's abundantly clear he's not chasing the giants of the game as far as history is concerned. He knows where he's going to stand. This is about what Joe was saying earlier. He understands that in, in order to be at the top of the mountain, he has to have more championships. And he let it be known that in known certain terms that the Lakers are not fulfilling their obligation because Rob Polinka said when they signed LeBron that he would maximize the Lakers' ability to win during Le 
LeBron James tenure, and he's not fulfilling his end of that obligation, and neither are the Lakers. So what does LeBron do after he says all this? He wins through his actions. I'm 38 years old. I could still score 50 points a night if I put my mind to it. And when I have the will to win, it's second to none. Not Giannis, not KD, not Devin Booker, Chris Paul. No one can compete with his will to win. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, again, just a great performance from LeBron turning back the clock. You saw how fatigued he was in Miami. Just truly could not get it done. Started uh, really gassing out during the stretch. I think the key, though, again, the Lakers without Anthony Davis just don't have enough defense, Joe. They have to outrun their opposition. And tonight, I think, let me look at the stats right now. The biggest stat, again, 23 to 5 fast break points. Yes, the turnovers, they still 16 turnovers. That's not going to get it done. But 23 to 5 on the fast break, it's what I talk about all the time, my friend. This team has to rely a lot on the transition game. Yeah, the team is top-heavy with really no – which kind of goes to show you how great AD when he's playing is and LeBron. This team has no depth in any way. There's no depth. I, I, I respect Tom uh, Thomas Bryant's game. I respect uh, Reeves' game. Austin Reeves. Not today. He was terrible well, today. My point, the point is they're, real, they're role players. Role players are not there to, to drop 20 and 10 every game. That, that, yeah. Otherwise, they'd be stars. The problem is there. That's not. It's not the job of Reeves and Bryant and Toscana Anderson and Schroeder to be playing. You know, lights out basketball game in and game out. That's not who they are. They're role players. The Lakers have no one right now other than LeBron that can command anything in a game. Uh, you have Russell Westbrook who's taking two max contracts. And his ability is the equivalent of two minimum contracts. Yes, I'm being kind of brutal with, with, with Russell there. But the reason why I say that is Russell will make an amazing play, which he did do uh, towards the end of that game that was important. But he does too many. He, so Russell Westbrook is the classic one-step-forward, two-step-back guy. Matter of fact, sometimes it's three steps back. It's every game. So the good thing – so what you have to hope for as a Laker fan and hopefully the Laker players is you got to hope that one step forward is at the right time. If it's not at the right time, it means three steps back or two steps back at the wrong time, and then that's when things are not good. His defense is so bad. I want you guys to do something for me in the next game, okay? 
because I was paying attention to it a little bit today. Um, but the, the the offense was playing so well, I decided to just kind of forget about being in a in a negative mindset. I wanted to just watch the team do what it's doing, even though their defense wasn't that good. But you know, Trey Young is a good player, and you know the you know the Collins before he fouled out and and uh, Bogdanovich are, are are good players. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know just blame it all on the defense. A lot of a lot of those shots that they were making were were good were were hard shots that they made. But I want you guys to watch. Russell Westbrook, don't watch his offense. Don't watch the team do its thing. Just watch Russell Westbrook just for one quarter, one quarter if you can, and watch what he does on the defensive end, and you tell me what you see, and we'll talk about it on the next show because you will see the reason why Russell Westbrook has not won in this league. You will see it. And you'll understand it even more. And that's where that is. And I don't know how we're going to get around it without AD there, but we're going to try to tread water as much as we can here at this point. I'm happy about the win, but the reality is still always going to set after every game that they're not going to compete here, guys, unless LeBron plays like this every single game. And I just don't think that's very realistic or fair for LeBron. The thing is, I see a lot of similar traits with John Moran, very athletically gifted, you know, quick as a cat, should be able to be but much better on the defensive end than he is. And that's the thing you hear coming out of Memphis a lot, right, Sean, is that, man, if he could only get it together on the defensive end just enough, if he'd only apply himself to that trade, what I hear is that at least he wants to, and hopefully he will get better on that end, because you see year after year, several years of not caring on the defensive end has caught up with Russell Westbrook. Uh, it it really has, Gerald. You know, um, it's kind of funny. Um, as much as we um, think of his prowess when he came out of UCLA as a defensive stalwart, and that was sort of the reputation he built um, – the narrative on and how he rose up into the uh, the lottery, um, you know, for taking time off on that end for the past, you know, five to seven years. Uh, you're right, Gerald. It finally caught up to him. Eventually, it do always does. Like bad habits die hard, and um, you're seeing you're seeing the uh, basically his athleticism dying on the vine pretty much, especially from a defensive point of view. I think Blue Matt points it out very well, Joe, in that the Lakers left certain Hawks players wide open on yes. some plays. We got lucky largely based off a phenomenal LeBron performance, but there were yes. clear defensive issues. Again, this is like the other day on Christmas in that third quarter where they were just leaving everybody wide open. It's a make or miss league, but man, when you give them wide open shots like that, they're not going to miss too often. They did tonight, but how many times is that going to happen in the course of an everyday game? Well, Nick Nick Molina brought up a, a really great point during the uh, the uh, watch party where he uh, I had mentioned that you know I um, Laker Forever twenty four on a watch party had basically said that um, you know. 
players with not a high basketball IQ don't necessarily age like fine wine in the NBA. And I kind of agreed and uh, was uh, speaking about the Lakers and Nick chimed in uh, very astutely pointed out that, you know what, Sean, I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily an effort problem defensively with the Lakers. It's just collectively their IQ is is in the toilet. Yeah, and, and you group, see you see what happens. It burns them. Yeah, it burns them. Like collectively, when you have when you have at least two or three guys who are defensively just not very not very good, and then the IQ is in the toilet. That's just a flush waiting to happen. And to an extent, Vilum Magic is correct. It, it, there was some luck tonight. Trey Young missed a lot of bunnies that he normally does make. The Hawks missed some wide open threes. But this is more of a case of just LeBron just willing himself to victory despite despite the obstacles. Um and Gerald, if uh, if we could segue into the uh, Anthony Davis uh, news, I, I would like uh, to comment on that because sure. Well, we'll go ahead and do that here right now. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win one thirty to one twenty one. Joe, I will get back to you again about the defensive issues and and some of the concerns I have. Also, the fact that this team remember early in the season. They couldn't score at all. They had the worst offense. They also had, the, you know, they're still having the worst third three-point shooting. Uh, pretty much anyone. I think I think they're up to 28th, 7th, or 28th now, but still, that's nothing to brag about. No. But when you have to score 130 to win the game, that really is going to be a problem each and every time out if that's what it takes to win the game. But be that as it may, do you want to talk about Anthony Davis's bone spur before we get back to the game? Uh, Sean, I know you had some words first on Anthony Davis, but I want to go ahead and turn to Joe first because I know he wants to go ahead and I'm sure say something about Anthony Davis. You heard the tweet I repeated, uh, Joe, in regards to Anthony Davis. I know Sean has a lot to say on it. I want to hear your thoughts real quick first on Anthony Davis and possible issue where he's going to maybe need surgery if he if it you know he can't deal with the pain, he might have to have it before the season ends. Well, they're probably going to look at it this way. Um, it's his tolerance for pain is minimal, I would say. However, looking at some of the stats, a bone spur surgery usually takes two to four weeks to recover from. So, if they were going to do this, why didn't they do this three weeks ago? Or if there was a possibility of it being a problem. Why not just get it over with now, and then at least we'd be ahead of it. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get more information. I gotta get something more solid so I can understand what's going on here. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I do play one uh, in the bedroom. Well, that's a different <laughs> subject. Uh, the, the, the issue with this season already, even with Anthony Davis, there is they're not going to be a title contender uh, without a perfect game. They need to have a perfect game like they had in Milwaukee. Could they have perfect games from the play-in to the NBA Finals? It would be, it would be, uh, I guess, hit like hitting the one billion dollar lottery if that were to happen. Let's just say 
AD comes back at just in time to be healthy, to play in the play-in, and then the Lakers' chemistry turns into, you know, uh, 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 Walter White's pure meth, right? So, and then starts doing his thing. Blue so, magic, blue. Yeah, blue magic. <laughs> right. Be blue magic, like our like our like like our guy Blue Magic. So we are we are looking forward to that because I I implore you guys. And I believe me, I am praying that I am wrong. We are 41 days away from the trade deadline. The good thing about that is it's it's kind of getting close now, whereas two months ago it felt like forever. You remember the artificial date of December 15th? Mm -hmm. You guys about that date? It was as artificial as the grass I put down every day. Um, and you guys are soon going to likely see the official day that things are supposed to happen, not happen as well. Look forward to watching this organization let Westbrook expire, let none expire, and let Beverly expire. In turn, losing essentially a max contract because of that. And then you have to explain to LeBron in the summer how you don't have enough assets to get the right players. Why? Because this summer there's very, very minimal amount of players that are going to be that impactful anyways. So you would need to trade to get those players, which you then do not have those contracts. You see how this plays out? I'm steering on the negative side thing here because I'm a realist, guys. Um, I enjoyed the win today. I enjoy all the wins. If you guys are adamant about wanting to talk about just – when the Lakers win and positive things, I can do that. But the reality is every win hurts more and more uh, after the euphoria is gone because we're, we're wasting away an all-time great of an all-time great. An all-time great play tonight. And that he's still got a lot in the tank, and it's a travesty that he can't finish his career with the ability to, to contend for a title. Well, I know the comment was made on our last show in regards to you know LeBron. When when would he start making the comments, the passive aggressive comments? I was I wonder if it was blue. I don't remember if it was blue magic or did or not. But the comment was made is like you know you were expecting it. When it was, was Nick. It, it was Nick Molina. It was Nick Molina. Okay, yeah. When was the comments coming in regards to the passive aggressive comments that he always? Yeah, made he, he he. It? And it it came. It came after that game in Miami. It yeah, came after that game in Miami where he was talking about how he wants to go ahead and, and end his career as a winner and that you know something needs to be done and him and Anthony Davis and all that great stuff that he was talking about. But you knew it was coming. And whatever all the uh, passive-aggressive comments he's made this year seems to be going in one ear and out the other of Rob Palenka. Yes, Gerald, 100%. Um, and to be fair to LeBron... This was this is you know aggressive aggressive for him because he basically made it clear that well for one um, he's not gonna he's not gonna tolerate this um, from the Lakers and he squarely had Rob Polinka in his crosshairs when he said that and two he still says that he wants to compete for championships well he proved it tonight. Get me a team, and you get that effort every night. 
but if you don't get me the team, then please, wham, bam, thank you for the time. Send me on my way so I can win chip somewhere else. Um, as far as the AD situation goes, um, you know, I, Joe is correct. Like there, there needs to be more information available before anybody can really make heads or tails about that situation. In one breath, McMenamin and other Laker reporters are basically repeating what Darvin Ham and AD have said, and that's the pain that he's experienced has basically subsided. So he's either in no pain or minimal pain. Um, the fact that he has a bone spur, uh, to me, is, is kind of, we're talking honest here. I, I, if if I was a Laker fan or an, or an Anthony Davis fan, I would be more looking that as a fly in the ointment. I mean, he says he's he's possibly been dealing with a bone spur since his Kentucky days. So we're talking 2012. That's 11 years, and you could deal with that in in basically any off season. So, to me, that's a fly in the ointment, personally. However, if McMenamin is reporting that, then something tells me that maybe Palinka thinks he's going to pull a a Sam Presti here and basically say, well, you know, he's got a bone spur and we're concerned about him and surgery is a last resort, but we want to keep him off his... They could go down that road if they want to, but it like it's cutting your nose off to spite your face because there's no incentive. There's nothing to be gained by sinning Anthony Davis. The first round picks get swapped out. So there's no incentive for you to sit him and LeBron. And uh, to answer Mr. Joshua Deed's question, is this season a lost cause? Not yet, but we're, we're getting to the Marianas Trench, so to speak. But I also yeah. did indicate, Sean, to him and Juan Velasquez. Uh, thanks both, by the way, for guys for watching. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone in the chat, the world's best Lakers chat. I wanted to go ahead and make sure everybody knows, this is going to take more than one fix. It's more than what, oh. you know, to, like your Tom had been saying for months, that this no. this Indiana trade was going to be like some magic elixir and just automatically get the Lakers back into contention in the Western Conference. This is more than one move. You have a serious lack of depth. You have some serious issues. The team has to score 130 to win games. That's a problem, my friend. That's a real problem that needs to be addressed. Is that for me or Joe? Uh, you, you. Oh, yes. 100%, Gerald. Um, you know... I know everybody, you know, we were, were talking significantly about Anthony Davis taking the next step during that uh, that eight-game run he had. But, you know, we we all knew what the, uh, the end would be. He's fantastic when he's healthy, but he can't stay healthy. Um, Joe, I think if the Lakers want to build uh, a team around LeBron, they – need to sit him down and explain to him that him and AD are no longer a package deal. Because 
the one, two, three, four years you've been together, you won a championship your first year together. But then the second year, you had to win a playing game to make the playoffs. And your third year, you dismantled your championship roster and brought in Russell Westbrook. And you couldn't even win 35 games. And the fourth season's looking a lot like the third season. So to me, it's 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 a case of you have to implore to LeBron that you want to stay here and win championships. Then it requires us to trade Anthony Davis because you guys aren't a package deal anymore. Well, I think that's something now that's going to be harder to trade. Even if you, mm-hmm. I know the even the talk earlier in the chat was about trading Anthony Davis, Joe. <laughs> Now that there's a wide open, we, we wanted clarity on this injury situation. And now that we've got a little bit more clarity on it, it now makes it even harder to go ahead and trade Anthony Davis, seeing that he might have a bone spur problem that he might need surgery on as early as this offseason, possibly even earlier. Well, um, while the game was going on three hours ago, there was an article by Sam Quinn uh, from CBS saying that Darvin Ham was uh, said that uh, Anthony Davis's pain just about dissipated. So I don't I don't know if we're hearing two different opinions or if we're hearing the truth somewhere. It, it's confusing. It's confusing people because they're seeing AD on the sidelines laughing it up, chuckling. You know, Is there something else going on. Yeah, it's making it's making people have the wheels spin here. So sorry what, to interrupt. You. What secret could they be holding right now? It doesn't sound like why why would they randomly start lying about things like this? Is what I want to know. Are they delaying something for something? Are they worried that his his tradeability is going to be a problem? I'm not saying they're going to trade him before the deadline, but maybe for the future. This, this well, well, let let's let's be honest about that situation. So the last time a team had sort of a disgruntled or injury prone player, the San Antonio Spurs, and they traded Kawhi Leonard for a first round pick and a rotational player, Jakob Pertl. Does everyone think that you could get a first-round pick unprotected for Anthony Davis? I would. I would. Uh, would you consider it? I would consider it in the twenty twenty-three draft. Yes. I would. I con- think. I think you could. I think there's a team out there that would offer them uh, unprotected first for him. The, I the really question. The, the question is which team? The only team that's going to offer something of substance is going to be a team that's an Anthony Davis playing half the season away from winning a title. So which team would be, would, would, would that be, would it be, would they, would, would Philly make that trade? Sending some talent our way from, from Philly and a first putting Embiid and Anthony Davis at the front line with Harden. 
that would that was the first thought I had in terms of what what package that they would that would have in terms of the, the matching of the of the contracts um, and a first and something of some substance that can help. Like let's say uh, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Tobias Harris, right? Let's say Tyrese Maxey, Tob- Tobias Harris, a filler, and a-, a first round pick. Would that be something that would work? I think so. I think so. And I think the Sixers have a really, really good chance of winning a title barring any major injury and the Lakers end up getting a, what would be next year would be a 23 year old potential superstar at the point guard position. And you have a very, very, very good player, Tobias Harris playing with LeBron James. So those, God, I didn't, I, I didn't want to come in here talking about this after a win like this, but I think, I think it makes sense now. It makes sense that, that we need to start talking about this now that we know what's going on with this Joe, it, it's every time there's a win because when you're yeah. 15 and 21, it still comes back to the fact that we're 15 and 21. Even so, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And all due respect to Laker Tom, uh, Laker Tom's draft. I'm sorry, trade options are are, are forest fire starters typically online, right? I think that's why he gets a, a pretty big audience there, but. You tell me, everyone out there listening, and you guys, if I'm, God for God help me, Rob Polinka. let's say I'm Rob Polinka, <laughs> and I call Philly, and I tell them after Philly loses in the second round, Lakers maybe, let's say they, they make it, they don't make the playoffs. You call the Sixers, and you're like, guys, what would you say for an Anthony Davis, Tobias Harris, Maxi, and a one run, and a first-round pick trade? What would you guys think? I seriously think Philly makes that trade. I really do think they'll make that trade because if that means winning a championship, that's 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 what that will do. Are they? They could probably win it with Tobias Harris and Max Maxi with maybe another year under his belt, maybe. But imagine Anthony Davis, James Harden, and Embiid. In the East, there's 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 a there's I think there's a better chance for them to win it in 2024 versus. See, see that's that's interesting to me because I think, I think there are several teams in the particularly in the Eastern Conference who who would get on board with this. Look, he's from the Chicago area. The Bulls. The, the problem Bulls, with the Bulls. The problem with the Bulls. Uh, Sean, before I, I let you finish, is there? I'm thinking also for the Lakers, we have to get some value back. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of value coming back from Chicago because they're going to want to get rid of, um, my God, the guard that's injured all the time. Oh, Le- Ball. Levine. Yeah, Levine. Uh, well, Levine's uh, yeah, in his knees and his fifty. <laughs> That's you funny. Know, I remember the name. Contract. I remember you said Ball, and I remembered Levine. That's funny. Well, you know something. I think Ball can't even walk up the stairs right now. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't trade I, Ball. I think. I think if you if you're see, here's the thing though, Joe. Here's the thing. 
Chicago's at a disadvantage in that situation. Let me tell you why. Zach Levine puts them in the same position that the Wolves were in with Andrew Wiggins and his contract. They'll have to offer at least two first-rounders to any team to take his contract. I I, I get what you're saying, and you're right. The the thing is, we cannot – Okay, there's a couple things here. I'm I gonna, agree with you. It, it yeah, ain't. It you ain't can't. You happen. can't trade Anthony Davis, even with a couple picks. You can't trade Anthony Davis with LeBron James doing what he's doing and likely going to do another couple of years. You can't do that and bring back a more injury-prone player. Now, no, I agree. The thing is, you can talk to Clutch. You can talk to Anthony Davis and say, "Guy, hey, look, we're going to send you to Philly. You're going to be able to compete for a championship." You're going to be playing with Embiid. That has to play in here too, guys. He's not going to just say, hey, yeah, cool, whatever. Let's send me to Atlanta or Charlotte. No. And and, and remember, Joe, b- before before if, if, if this, so to speak, conversation happens, before any trade is, is com- consummated, Pat Riley will be on the phone and saying, what, what, what are the, what's Daryl offering you? What's he offering you? That, what, that. That that place that I I know Pat would probably be an Anthony Davis versus let's say Bam Adebayo Duncan and Ty, uh, Tyler Hero right let's say if he said those three and and a couple of first rounders and then you know give me Anthony Davis actually I don't know if he'd do all three it might be two out of three but he wouldn't um, especially an injured I'd say I'd say Bam be- I'd say Bam and Duncan likely right you yeah ask for Tyler and Bam. But whether they do it or not, I don't know. I really think the reason why I'm sticking to Philly is I think Philly doesn't really give up other than the future a little bit with Maxi. You don't really give up. You give up a little bit of the future, but you get Anthony Davis where he can kind of be injured there and, and, and Philly would still be okay with Harden and Embiid. But if you can get – if you're sitting there and you're Philly – and you're going, if we get Anthony Davis just healthy for the, for the stretch run, we could win a championship. And then we'd be right. How are you going to guard Embiid and Anthony Davis in the playoffs in the East? No one could. No one would beat him. No one. So now you're playing with that notion, that idea. And, of course, you have to factor in all parties. You have to factor in everything. You have to factor in that Anthony Davis will sign off on that. Clutch would sign off on that. The Lakers would also receive talent that can right away help LeBron win. Lakers would need to make another move to, to kind of open up a little bit. You got Tobias Harris, you'd have Maxi, you have LeBron. You get one more guy that's like a three and D guy that's really good. Now you might have a team that can compete for a title with those guys and LeBron playing the way he's playing. And if we can somehow keep the young guys that we've brought up or signed like Walker and Reeves. Now you're you can instantly turn this around in the summer and go into 2023-2024 with a shot at possibly being a contender. I I I don't know any other way honestly. I, I that's the only team to where everyone gets kind of what they want. It's just going to depend on which team Philly which team is going to say, "You know what? I'm going to take a chance here." For the Lakers, it's a great it's a great deal either way. So get- let me ask this. Let me ask this, guys. Okay, because Seven Dehaven and uh, Seven Dehaven One in the chat is asking. 
So is Joe and Magic Man just suggesting we sit and do nothing this season? We already this, did that last season. It's, Lakers it's, not, a it's not a suggestion. This is a common sense analysis in that I have zero faith in Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss making a deal this year for a couple of reasons. Number one, they are so maligned in the league, Rob Palenka especially. There aren't really anybody except maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, front office that have even done anything with this guy. I mean, Ainge did a, a rinky-dink, uh, you know, Bev for, for THT trade, but I'm sure Danny Ainge left that left that phone call after that trade got done and said, <laughs> you know, we just got rid of this guy for this guy. Cool. Um, other than Cleveland, I've never seen really any consistency from Rob in terms of something that might actually help us on our end. Uh, he's, he is not respected in the league. Jeannie is too busy uh, talking about her relationships outside the court. Um, so I have no faith, faith that they'll do anything. And uh, if you want to look at it away from them, no one is going to take on Russell Westbrook, even at the trade deadline, without a draft asset. And they've already made it clear they are not trading a draft asset, meaning the 27 or the 29 pick or both, without equal return, meaning a superstar. So we need to just give up on the fact that Russell Westbrook's going to get traded. The only way something might sneak in at the end is if there is a team out there that is desperate to drop two contracts of really, really just stud players because of money. Who is that? I don't know. You guys give me some options. Well, again, right now there's still plenty of time left for Lakers to make a move. I mean, February 15th is still two months away. There's still time to reevaluate it. In fact, also as well, there's still time for some of these teams which are right there around 500 that could be dropping out, could be reevaluating their position, and they could you know, find that Russell Westbrook contract at $47 million a little bit more attractive than they do right now. There's still enough time for that. Yeah, I, I uh, seven to heaven, haven. That was a great question. I'll say this. Yeah, I'm not suggesting we we just sit on it at all. Um, but if you're not going to trade the first round picks, then you need to do one of two things. You either need to get rid of the dead wood that's on this roster or some of it and play younger players or two, you try and get at least one rotational player for the future with the contracts of none Beverly and or Russell Westbrook, preferably two. Um, but you need to do something here because this is not working. Whatever combination he thinks that he could put on the court defensively that will work, like Gerald said, this is likely the best effort you're going to get out of them. And they gave yeah, up and 100. They have to outscore out AD. And they gave up 121 points. Yeah, they have to outscore their opposition. They have to go ahead and force the break, have to go ahead and force transition, have to go ahead and force the pace. Because there's absolutely zero confidence in the outside shooting game, the half court game, or any kind of uh, you know continuous effort 
from the rotation players from a consistent basis that you can get, that you can rely upon, that's going to allow the Lakers in a position in this current roster to get them where they need to be. I think there needs to be more than one move, not just one major move, but two major moves that actually can swing the needle in favor of the Lakers. But it's going to take those options that have to present themselves that don't do that. They're not there right now. Everybody's, you know, this Indiana trade, this Buddy Heald, Miles Turner trade, Indiana's fighting for a playoff spot. Do you really want to go ahead and give that option up for them as far as fighting up, uh, you know, for a playoff spot? Just because, uh, you know, maybe some people on the Lakers side, Lakers fans want to want to want to trade for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. That's great. But Indiana right now is probably not going to go ahead and trade those guys as long as they're in the mix in the Eastern Conference. No, not at all. Uh, uh, that's that's a non-starter. Um, you know, a small market team in the thick of a playoff hunt where they could possibly have two or more home games for uh, extra revenue. It's not worth it for them to trade uh, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for uh, two first-round picks. Now, the positive is they can go into Charlotte and avenge that loss that they had last week and end up on the road trip three and two, which was Mm -hmm. better than what Joe, myself, Jamie Sweet, all thought as far as what they would do on this road trip. Even you, Sean, we all thought they weren't going to do very well on this road trip. Three and two is a great sign. But as Blue Magic says, this is probably the best you're going to see. This is the ceiling of the Los Angeles Lakers. Joe, Mm -hmm. do you agree? I mean, tonight we see probably the best that the Lakers can dish out on the road. Mm-hmm. From from uh, from this from with this with this without AD with this with this roster. group that's that's the high bar. The 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 Atlanta issue is they don't play defense either. Matter of fact, they might be worse than us. I mean, they just let somebody come in their house and drop 130 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and this dysfunction, I'd say there's probably more dysfunction there than even the Lakers. The only reason why the Lakers are kind of a, a, a nut house is because it's the Lakers. When they're not winning, it's always like this. But Atlanta, uh, you know, there's going to be an issue there at some point. There's gonna be- yeah, that's a house that's about to go into a, a five-blaze inferno. Yeah. Now, as far as what, what they got from Troy Brown Jr., uh Toscana Anderson, Reeves didn't have a good game today, but definitely Thomas Bryant did. You know, this is this is why these players are role players. These guys would have been great if we had two guys that were playing and playing at, up to their capabilities and their contracts, i.e. AD and Russell Westbrook. Imagine if we had AD healthy and one guy that's making $47 million who's earning his money. We would be the Nets right now. We'd be 23 and 12, winning 10 in a row. That's essentially what you'd see. <laughs> uh, and that was ultimately why they brought him in. They brought Westbrook in because they needed a counter, the, the, the Harden uh, going to Brooklyn trade. And unfortunately, everything blew up in their face with that, that decision. And we haven't been able to recover, and we won't recover – Probably for sure this year, and I don't know if we'll recover after this year. Going to be an interesting situation to see, say the least. 
Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford along with Joe Soro. As far as also as well, the magic man, Sean Grice. He just got out of Toronto traffic. He's ready and rock and rolling right now. The Lakers do win, pulling away at the very end, 130 to 121. John, great to chat. Hope you're feeling better. No, you're still under the weather, but great to have you here, my friend. As far as the family, meeting the family, they're kind of shy. They're kind of shy. So I'll, I'll respect their wishes on that. But before we head on out, uh, you know, I know we've got a great chat going on. Uh, back to do, do the game. We're talking about the fact that, again, Sean, I want to hear your thoughts on this. When it comes to the fact that the Lakers, you know, you saw the best on the offensive end. They've completely changed around the mentality from early in the season where they couldn't even break 100 points to now what you see, 130. But still, um, you know, is this something where the Lakers, this transformation – has it surprised you? It seemed like the obvious that they needed to be on the fast break from the get-go because they're a terrible outside shooting team. But has the way they've, tra- you know, the Darvin Ham and the Lakers have transformed this offense, has that been something that really has has pleased you, at least on the surprising way? Uh, yes, Gerald. His, his, uh, frankly, his um, philosophy changed significantly i think after those first two games where we just shot horrendously from beyond the arc and i guess he was just uh more more professing the idea that whenever there's an opportunity to run and run and run take the opportunity because there's uh a complete bereft of sharp shooting on this team, um, I think a I think a blind swordsman would have as much chance of making a three pointer as anybody not named LeBron or Lonnie Walker right now. Um, so that's pleasing. Uh, the Did you also that- hear the story about uh, that Shams reported, I believe, uh, before the game that Nate McMillan is also leaning on resigning from the team? Could that have played a factor in tonight's game as well? That's that's significantly a possibility that that was a factor. Absolutely. Um, look, I was saying this during the uh, the watch party. And I'll, I'll say it again. I don't think that coaches like Nate McMillan and his for, former coach who he learned under and, and basically adopted a lot of philosophies, George Carl, and guys like um, Mike Fratello previously, or even a guy like Mike D'Antoni. They're good coaches. But they do only have a certain lifespan within a locker room. It that's just the way personalities go. Sometimes some guys can last longer with an organization or a group than others. Pop, Phil Jackson, Jerry Sloan—they're exceptions to the rule, man. You, you rarely get twelve years, fifteen years, eighteen years coaching one team. So. If you do get that opportunity, you either have to fall into the perfect situation um, or you have to prove yourself um, 
before somebody's willing to trust you. And I just think that, especially with today's players, if you're not on the same page from the jump, from the outset, it's really hard to bring them back into the fold because at this point, you know, in 2023, the attention span of the average person because of just the world and technology and medical science, it's there's not a huge attention span left. And it takes a certain kind of coach that's able to walk a fine line between being motivating and being stern and forcing your young players to be accountable. One thing I want to ask you guys, and I'll hit up Joe on this, before I hit you up with a question, again, 7D Haven 1 actually has had a follow-up question. I'll, I'll finish off with that for tonight's show. But the third quarter was a key, something I mentioned at the very beginning of the program. Joe, they outscored the Atlanta Hawks in the third quarter, 36-28, to 28, a very strong performance. They've been behind the entire game. This put them out in front, in, in this case, for good. Your thoughts on what happened? What was the big change as far as for today when we know the Lakers so far this year have been the worst third-quarter team in the NBA? LeBron was playing out of his mind, and the, the, the guys around him were making shots. Uh, usually the third quarters turn into, turn into slouches because they're not executing anything. They're not playing defense. They're not making shots. It's, it's not very complicated, as Phil Jackson used to say. Not a complicated game. Plus, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, right? I mean, they just could have been one of those games where they played well in the third quarter. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I was surprised when I saw. I, that I really, I, I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, while the game is going on, I don't really think about. Oh, here comes the third quarter. Unless somebody says something, then I kind of make a joke about it. <laughs> uh, you tend, I tend to forget about it while they're playing. And I, I just think LeBron willed the team to win today. Mm, I agree. Absolutely. He, you agree. could just see it. If his his uh his twenty eight You're not losing on my birthday. He's his his twenty-eight footers were were going in. As yeah. you see him make that shot consistently, he never did a heat check except for a couple, I think one, which I don't even know if that was a heat check. I thought it was just no. a, a bad decision on a shot. But other than that shot. He, he, he seemed to be pretty consistent there, made his free throws. And again, it helps to have a, have guys make their shots when they're open. Now, Reeves was still missing a lot of open shots, but that's when Troy Brown Jr. was there to kind of cover that. And then Thomas had that. And we've talked about this, Joe. When you're – he only got up to 25 minutes. Again, okay, he, he obviously has came back to earth today, two of five, one of four from three. But – we talked about how he was the hot man this week on the road trip. You got to play him more. You got to play him a lot more until he fizzles out. You're you're not. He's he's not a star, people. I understand that, but if he's the hot guy, you ride the hot guy until. Well, they, they rode him, and he hit one of four from three, and two of those misses could have been, you know, like a momentum changer during the game, and. That tends to be a worse shot missed than just a random three when you're up eight. You know what I mean? So 
timely misses, timely makes, very interesting. It's an interesting gauge during this during the during a forty minute game. It, it, you imagine there's a there's a moment where Atlanta's not making any shots and you're not pulling away, and for a while there they weren't pulling away and they were kind of even until the last five minutes of the fourth. The last five minutes of the fourth was when the Lakers kind of clamped down a little bit more and then started making shots and to put some distance there. But they were pretty dead even uh, from mid-third quarter to the almost uh, one-third one third I, of, of the quarter left in the fourth. I, how, I just want to say, Howard, I, I think, I think it's partly confidence with with Reeves, but I think the biggest problem with him is focus. He needs to be focused on his defense. One of my favorite players in the 90s was John Starks. And John Starks is pretty much the ultimate underdog story wasn't going to get any playing time with the Golden State Warriors. So they released him. He injures his knee. And at the time, it's pretty devastating. But it's the best thing that ever happened to him because when he was bagging groceries to pay his rent bill, it put a level of emphasis on him to bust his ass all the time. All the time. And that's why Pat Riley loved him so much. Because no matter how streaky he was as a shooter, his defense was consistent. You could set your watch to John Starks limiting a 2 or 1 to 5 of 14 shooting, three, 4, 6 assists, 4 or 5 turnovers. That's the guy Austin Reeves needs to be. Quit thinking you're a sharpshooter and stop taking 28-foot threes because you can't make them. You're not Trey Young. You're not Steph Curry. You can't make those shots. Juan Toscano Anderson was became very selective as a three-point shooter. He made his only attempt tonight. It was from the corner. He had his feet set. The shot looked good. That's what Reeves needs to focus on. Focus on your defense, focus on rebounding, focus on making your teammates better because your shot is not falling right now. You're not going to be – I don't think he's going to be a three-point shooter, Gerald, but I think he can carve out a niche for himself as a defender. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, again, it just at this point, you have to consider all these options. And I'm going to end the show today on something that, uh, again, uh, oh, Joshua says, great live stream as always. Does the group think that Darvin Ham is the right coach for this team? Uh, I, I think, Joshua, when it comes to 
seeing here as far as the third quarter issues. Third quarter was great today. It's one of the best third quarters of the season. But how many games into the season did it take before he they had a finally a good third quarter? It's taken quite a while. Mm-hmm. They're and it, ten it, weeks into the season, Joe. Yeah, and it, it this is something that needs to be rectified a lot sooner. Yes, he has a depth issue as far as the roster problems. Yes, he's got a lot of other issues going on, but. I just don't think he is the right coach that's going to be able to get this team where they need to go. And once they get the talent that's going to be centered around LeBron, that actually is going to be effective for this team. And that's one thing I want to go ahead and leave on the subject because, again, uh, you know, just such a great comment that was made as far as the last question that was popped on us is that do you guys think, do you both think, that standing pat is the right to you. Is that what you would do? If you were running the Lakers, is standing pat the right move? Sean? Sean, you want no. to start? No, Gerald. No, standing pat is not the, is not the right option. You think they point. will, but you personally don't agree with it. Correct. Yep. Ger- Gerald's correct on, on both of those. I, I don't think they're, they're going to do anything. And no, I don't think standing pat is – it's an inconceivable option. It shouldn't even be an option for them, but they're making it one. John McCallion says he'd rather stand pat than make a bad trade. I agree. To make a bad trade is would compound things even worse, especially if it's you're giving up the entire future for it and it doesn't pan out for you. But Joe, your thoughts? Would you just make no trade at all? Well, you have to look at it. There's a lot of factors in this. If if I'm the general manager of the LA Lakers, meaning me, Joe Soro, we wouldn't be in this predicament, right? If I'm Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss, yeah, I'd probably stand pat because I'm not capable or I'm not respected enough to make a deal where I'm not getting bent over a barrel. So why was Jerry West so respected? Why was Jerry West always getting the deal? Because you would think after the third or fourth unreal, unbelievable deal that the GMs around the league be like, I ain't making a deal with Jerry. Because he never jerked anyone's chain. Because he never screwed anyone. He didn't jerk uh, jerk anybody's chain. That's a good one. Never lied to players. He was in those high school gyms that smelled like sweat socks. He was in college gyms watching. There was a there was a grounded, there was a grounding of of, of a man that was this is Jerry freaking West. Okay. This Jerry West was a star, okay, for decades before he even did anything in the executive side. So he was already this icon. He was the damn logo. And he, you're watching this guy going into these gyms like some regular scout off, you know, some college team. That's how this thing is created. This is how it works. Now, I know it's not going to work like that everywhere, but I'd like to think that if I was a general manager of the L.A. Lakers, I had already set a precedent with my reputation and – no, hell no, I'd stand pat. I wouldn't stand pat. I know I'd have the respect of a lot of GMs out there, other than maybe a couple, and that might be just tailored around a competitive issue, not something where I came in and backstabbed somebody. And I try to figure out a damn way to get something for 
for for what we have and and we have stuff we have what is it we had 65 million dollars wait 69 million dollars is it uh uh contract is nine million right mm -hmm. uh nuns contract is nine yeah million? No, is it I nine million six Okay, six. So $66 million in expiring contracts. You're telling me that we can't find a few teams out there that want to collect those things without having to give up draft assets? Some guys out there that maybe don't want to pay anymore anyone after this year? There, there's, there's, I mean, we can sit here and talk about this again, but there are people out there that could make a difference right now, especially if by some miracle, which at this point we have to – Hope for some luck because we have this is no other way where AD can actually come back and play. But it would help if we had two or three guys that could supplement him and supplement LeBron so he doesn't have to play 44 minutes a game. And then, hey, we make a sixth seed, a fifth seed, and then throw some mud on that foot, throw some mud on the joints, and let's go win a championship. If the Lakers were able to somehow win a second championship during the LeBron AD era, I guarantee you no one is going to care for a while if they stink. Because now you're sitting at 18, you pass the Celtics, LeBron won two championships in LA, AD is a multiple championship player. It's a different dynamic at that point. So, yeah, it's it's a it's kind of a loaded question, but it... It's a good one, though. And yeah, I'm going to give him all the credit for asking that question. So, yeah. 70 Haven one, you know, new viewer, uh, you know, if you get a chance, please subscribe and like our videos as well. That goes for everybody out there. So you get the latest notifications and you bring good questions to the conversation. We truly appreciate it. It's great to have the best Lakers chat right here for you at the Lakers fast break. Do we say the most popular opinions? No. And, and these guys don't want to say that the Lakers are not going to make a move or that they don't have enough confidence in the front office, but it's just the reality. It's just the reality of the situation that this front office gives us no confidence that the right moves are going to be made because you, you really think when it comes down to it after the AD trade, really how many of the transactions that Rob has made since, or Rob has been a part of since has he really succeeded on since the AD trade? Think about it. How well, many? And, Not too many? Again, every well, no, Rob. Less than, I could count on less than well, you know, I count less than five fingers. Well, well, let's let's talk about that uh, real quick. The the one of two of the greatest Lakers of all time, LeBron, uh, Magic Johnson, and and uh, Kobe Kobe Bryant's the other one, but Magic Johnson jettisoned himself due to a backstabber, mm -hmm. and because we were shielded by the LeBron AD acquisitions and knowing that magic has failed in a lot of, well, I, I, I use that failed in a lot of his endeavors off the court and really off the court. Um, we kind of said, ah, that's magic. He didn't go to work. He always said something that created some kind of tampering issue. So we were, we were not paying attention to magic at that point because we just thought magic kind of deserved what he what he got because that's what magic does doesn't really sometimes realize that there are certain rules that you can't 
you know, do, you can't break, otherwise there's a problem, i.e. talking about going and training Ben Simmons in the offseason. Uh, but as the dust settled, looking back on it now, Magic gave us a glimpse of who 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 Jeannie and 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 Rob are. And Rob is that the, there was a little bit of a hint in his first press conference that kind of triggered something, at least for me. And if I'm feeling this way and I'm 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 not in the room with him, I'm not talking to him, I'm not doing business deals with him, I'm not doing trades with him. Imagine what these guys who are millionaire professionals who have been in the league God knows how long, imagine how they feel about him. Well, you guys are seeing the evidence right now. No one will deal with Rob Palenka in any way where they're going to let him off the hook in anything. They're either going to take his internal organs and the Lakers organization or they're not going to make a trade. He planted planted this seed when he was an agent – and he screwed LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That planted a seed that this guy is two faced. He'll say one thing. He'll say one thing to you on the phone, and then as soon as he hangs up the phone, he's talking to your competitor about what kind of offer you can make for him or his client. And and the fact that Sean brought this up, what was it? I think it was last week. I didn't know this. Uh, Carlos Boozer, for those who don't know what happened in Cleveland when he was a Cavalier, he, and I'll, 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 I'll give you the short, short version. If anybody's seen Spaceballs, you know what that's from. <laughs> um, Carlos Boozer and the Cleveland management made, a, the hut. <laughs> made an arrangement that he, if they would let him out of his contract, he would sign back with them on a friendlier or whatever it is that they decided contract. Well, he had, he got a big deal from Utah and jet, jetted out. So essentially he got him to get him out of his contract and then he went and took bigger money elsewhere. Rob Palenka was his agent in that. So. And these guys have long memories, man. These guys I, I, I mean, I know, I know memories. for, a, I know for a fact, if I was a Cleveland, which is kind of weird how, that happened, and yet Cleveland's the only team that's ever <laughs> does trades with on a, on a, at least some what semi semi consistency, right? Uh, but maybe By it was. By the way, I think on Carlos Boozer's case, I think his one of his at least one of his sons maybe end up in the NBA uh, having a better career than him. Yeah, really, really, really that, that would be amazing because Carlos Boozer had a very, very good NBA career. His kids are good. I'm just going to leave it at good that. for him. And I, 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 I actually like Carlos Boozer. He's always so do I. Respectful, which I, I kind of it's you know it's kind of his one blemish where he kind of you know he he didn't do what Rick Fox did. See, Rick Fox sacrificed money. Look at the difference, guys. Look at the difference. Rick Fox had a twenty million dollar. Now this number has changed. A few times, but the last time I remember it was, it was I think a four-year or five-year contract by the for the Cleveland offered him a five or four-year, twenty million dollar contract. I heard thirty like later down the road, when he was a free agent, he was playing for the Celtics at the time, and he went to L.A. and told Doctor Buss, "Look, I I want to come play in L.A. I want to win championships. 
I want to be around the Hollywood thing. I'll come and do my thing and, you know, hook me up later. And what did Dr. Bus do? He hooked him up two years later. And <laughs> Rick Fox, one of my favorites. I mean, Rick Fox is my guy. Okay. Love him still to this day. That team, imagine this. You have Kobe and Shaq on that team. And I always think about Rick and Ori and Fish and Madsen and all these guys that were just so easy to cheer for. And heck, even G Money, the one year he was there, I think he gets a bad rap for the 2000 season. I, I say this to this day. I said, Glenn Rice was the difference between 67 wins and 56 wins a year later. Yeah, they still won a championship. And it should have been 69 wins in 2000. But Phil Jackson decided to take his foot off the, the gas and said, we don't need – you guys already won 69 and 72. You don't need to kill yourselves and, you know, deal with this whole record thing. <laughs> you saw what it did to Golden State. Well, one of the few times that I, I actually really, really got mad at Phil Jackson, one was that. The other was um, uh, was when he wrote the book after the 04 season. Um, other than that, you know, again, no, no one, no one's perfect. None of us are, but that's kind of my spiel on that. But yeah, and that's that's you know, when you get used to that kind of setting with players and uh, people that actually honor their word, you know, it, it, it's it says a lot. It says a lot. And unfortunately, we have management uh, right now that's just it's, it's it's there's a fracture. There's a fracture from the middle and the, the middle management, which is what Rob Palenka is, which in my experience in, in, in business, middle management usually is the worst of that business. The ownership takes the heat. The employees usually get the crap end of the stick but it's the middle management that usually causes both those issues. And right now, Rob Polinka is keeping this team from advancing to even a shot at trying to improve because I don't believe the league has any respect for him and are not willing to do a deal with him unless he gives up more than he wants. Funny because uh, Zangerstein said in the chat, even backed out of the uh, deal for Buddy Heald, the one yes. famous Kuzma one before. Uh, obviously, they went with Russ. And it's so funny, I'm thinking about that the other day when uh, Buddy Heald, Mr. Three Seconds now, Mr. Three Second Three, breaking the official NBA record for the fastest three point shot in NBA history at the start of a game. He broke that the other day. So it's funny because how everything lays out for reason. And now, Indy. Indiana's a capper seat. Okay, if they keep healed along with Matherin, along with Tyrese Halliburton, along with Miles Turner, along with the other youth that they have on the team, and they're winning, that's a bonus. Plus, they could still utilize healed and Turner in a trade and, and try to get more assets and make themselves even better to someone like the Lakers, who it's no guarantee if it really makes them better. That's the problem. And the fact is that you would have to give up at least one, if not two, of those first-round draft picks that you have left. So, yeah, available. So it just – it really, really is in a, in a bad situation as far as the Lakers' future. It's very murky. They can get themselves out of it, 
But I just don't think Rob Palenka is the guy that's going to help get us out of the funk. I just don't have enough confidence that he is going to make the right moves. There are right moves there to be had for the Lakers to get themselves in a position where they can become maybe in a calendar year right there at the Western Conference once again. But I just don't think Rob Palenka is the guy to do it. I just don't. There's nothing that's shown me that he is the guy that's going to be able to get it done. And, and, and um, you know, take it as a small life lesson that if you're honest with people from the start, they may not like your answers or the way you do things, but they'll respect the fact that you were upfront with them from the beginning. But if you're dishonest with people from the start and eventually what happens is you need someone else's help to get out of a bad situation, they're going to remember that you were dishonest with them and you weren't straight with them from the start. And that's going to hinder any opportunity you think you have to improve yourself or your lot in life. Because you took it upon yourself to think that you could screw over other people and you wouldn't suffer the consequences. But that's that's not what happens in life. There are consequences to your actions. There is a lot of consequences to your actions. And again, uh, you pointed out first, two playoff appearances in 10 years. We can only blame the previous administration for so much. We can only blame this and that and injuries and all that for so much. At some point, the front office and the ownership slash governorship has to take a great deal of accountability. Like the other day, you know, I hear, you know, conversations in people, you know, in the airport with all that's going on with Southwest Airlines and all that. You know, I, I, I think it's agreed upon. Everybody said that the CEO, after all this is said done, and the COO of the company, has to step down the way they let this company get to the point where you took mm-hmm. you you had the situation where i was affected and you know t- tens of thousands of airline passengers were affected you have to go ahead and step down you are need to be made accountable you're not only just a paycheck to the government not only just a paycheck and refunds to the individuals but it's got to be some you know the rolling of some heads here same thing with the lakers organization two Playoff appearances. Yes, one was a championship, but two playoff appearances in 10 years. That's not a good ratio, Joe. That's not a good ratio. No, they, they, they're they currently maybe a hair below a, a Eli Manning type decade. Yeah. Eli- is, that what, is, that kind of the, is that the kind of team we want to be known for? No, no. It gets no. in the playoffs once every well, 10 years. Well, the, the sad no. thing is you have an all-time great, two all-time greats. One is an all-time great of an all-time great that are very capable of winning championships that you did not surround with, didn't surround with any talent at this point. You took a chance on bringing a third star, de- depleting your assets in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the same breath so that you can combat another team out east. That's where this all started. LeBron had a hand in it in agreeing with it, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I wasn't there. I don't know how much <laughs> I don't know how much that plays into this. Did they really make that trade because 
LeBron said you have to. Well, if if they're listening to LeBron, then they would have probably had something done by now, right? So I don't know necessarily if that's true. I don't know if any of it is true. All I know is that you're still the guy who calls the shots. You're the one that's going to get blamed, not LeBron. You know, if a player is telling me you need to do this, this, and that, I'm usually going to sit there and go, okay, I'll consider it. Especially you know, when 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 um, the Oakland A's had their team gutted in the offseason. Oh, looks like well, Sean has left us uh, for whatever reason. Maybe the internet gremlins caught him again. Oh, there he is. Yeah, Sean, you were is... doing so well. Go ahead and finish your statement, man. Yeah, so Billy Bean had to go upstairs and talk with owner Steve Schott. And Billy Bean explained to him that uh, we're going to lose Jason Giambi. We're going to lose Jason Isringhausen. And we're going to lose Johnny Damon. And I can't promise you that we'll win over 100 games next year. And Shot didn't want to hear it, Gerald. He said, you found those three guys. You can find replacements for them. And since you already won me 100 games, I expect you to win 100 games again. So he pretty much is losing his mind at this point because he's been given expectations that he can't meet. So what does he do? He completely overhauls his entire philosophy and adopts something new while on the run, by the way. This is is a plane landing, and instead of a nice, comfortable landing, you're parachuting out of it. They end up winning 100 games, Joe, the next year. And Billy Bean didn't make any excuses about not winning a World Series. He said, no one gives a crap if you lose the last game of the season. No one gives a crap. If Rob Polinka had a shred of that kind of competitive fire, like Joe said, we wouldn't be in the mess we are right now. But we are. Well, would I still would we still do the AD trade? I know that's something that was brought up by Z in in the yeah. chat. Yeah, you do it because you got a championship. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal. Now, if you would have said that you would have not been able to do much afterwards, you probably still would sell your soul, get AD, and win the championship. But being on the other end of this trade or what has happened after this trade, as far as the residual effects. You know, part of it is yes, the depleted you know funds and and the depleted things that we have in the coffer to offer other teams. Yes, but Joe, when it comes down to it, it's also with whatever assets you have left, being able to expertly manage those better than the average GM could say manage you know even more assets. You have to be more wise about how you allocate your funds, how you allocate your trades, how you allocate your your picks, everything has to be accounted because you don't have as much as the other teams in the NBA. You can still build a winner, and it just shows that we just do not have the right GM in place that's going to be able to build a winner for us with all these depleted assets. And you just signed him to an extension. Yep, of course. So now, and then LeBron signed an extension. 
Of course. So what's what what's going on here? What's the what's the what's end the frequency, Kenneth? This is a, a, a we're in a paradox here. You're giving that's the second REM uh, reference in two weeks. You're you're giving a guy money for sucking, and then you're giving money to a guy who you're not given any chance at winning more titles, which is all that he has left. Yes, breaking Kareem's record will mean something, but no one cares really about the all-time scoring record. It's about LeBron's ability to win championships so that he can sit at the table with Michael Jordan. I say sit at the table because it looks like he's not going to get the seven. He'll be lucky if he gets five. He gets five, still one behind Jordan. And why that becomes relevant to some degree is he would have needed five in his 21st season, 22nd season, 25th season for at this point. I don't know when he's going to stop. But and, and then when you look at a Michael Jordan, you know, really minus the, the, the wizard years, you're looking at a guy that accomplished what guys could only dream of in 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 84 you know, to 98. Yeah. You, you're talking, you're, it does a big difference when you do what you do in this amount of time versus this amount of time. There's a big difference there, guys. And we can argue that all day, right? Because that seems to be the lame topic every week somewhere. But let me ask you this. Let's but but the, reason why, the reason why it becomes relevant in this discussion, and I'll finish here, G, in a, minute, in a second here. No worries. It becomes a, an important discussion is because I'm, I'm telling you this is what he's thinking. I'm pretty positive this is what he's thinking. He has to win championships to be relevant in that discussion. And it's a very important discussion for him. So if you're going to cater to that, that means he's obviously putting in the work to make sure that he has the ability to do that. You're not reciprocating. You're not allowing him to at least have a shot at doing it. They're not even going to make the playoffs this year. That's just, that's unacceptable. With all the resources you have, and I, I'm not kind of, I'm not even talking about the resources they have. It's just by sheer luck that you had a dad that owned the Lakers, and you live in L.A. and the weather's good, and lifestyle is good, and history's good, and all that. It's 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 just it's crazy. It's crazy to think that we're in this predicament when it's it's typical though, isn't it? You know, you trust fund baby gets all the money, and this one happened to squander it instead of make themselves better. One thing I want to go ahead and close on is the fact that uh, on a good note, per se, let's, let's end this conversation on a good note. We always talk the seriousness. We, our fan base still, even in wins, still wants to talk about you know how serious things are, how we need to improve the front office, et cetera, et cetera. I want to ask you guys, though, before we head on out, and what is the true remarkability about LeBron James on his 38th birthday to be scoring almost a triple double. I mean, we talk about Luca's triple double two days ago, 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists in an overtime victory against the Knicks. Great. Outstanding performance. One of the best performances in the regular season in quite some time. But Luca is what? 23, 15 Mm -hmm. years younger than LeBron. 
LeBron almost got a 47-point triple-double at 38. Isn't that worth something as well, guys? Gerald, there's been a lot of great athletes that we've been able to witness. Mm -hmm. You guys have yours. I have mine. There are certain guys who are always prepared to start LeBron, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Serena Williams, Andre Agassi. You could go on and on and on and on and on. The difference between LeBron and all these other athletes that separates him is his recovery. No one has mastered the art of recovery on your body and your mind like he has at age 38. Um, his ability to night in and night out play 36 minutes, 38 minutes, 40 minutes, at a high level, high intensity. Um, there's just, there's never going to be anybody who ever eclipses that. Maybe you match him as far as his ability to recover and be a monster night in and night out, but you'll never eclipse him. What he's been able to do, the combination of sleep, rest, nutrition, Working out, exercise, um, mental exercises, go down the list, just his ability to checkbox, just everything that you need your body and mind to recover with, he's done it. Um, it's, it's be, yeah, Howard, like super, we, we could throw out all the superlatives and the adjectives, but it's indescribable. But it's indescribable. There, there aren't a set of words to match what he could do in the recovery phase. It's just, it's beyond human comprehension. It will be. It will be. The three books will write that his ability to recover on par with nobody except himself. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 130 to 121. Our next game, because it'll take place in 2023 with the new year. And before we head on out, I do want to thank our chat once again and wish them and everybody watching and listening a wonderful, prosperous, and truly happy new year. The Lakers' next game is in the new year on the 2nd at Charlotte. So 4 p.m. start Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. So we'll be on early. It'll be around 6.30 p.m. Pacific when we go on the air right thereabouts. Truly appreciate it again. Uh, some great comments uh, right there for you in the chat. Kenneth Stone, <laughs> Blue Magic, Zangerstein, always Howard Hill. Some great, great comments. Just truly appreciate everyone there watching this thing. Juan Velasquez was on earlier with some great stuff as well. We got some great questions from 7D Haven 1. Welcome to what we're doing. Appreciate so much. If you get a chance, please subscribe. Please go ahead and like our videos so you can go ahead and get the latest notifications when we go live on the air. Paul, the Utah fan, coming in with his own great stuff as well. Truly appreciate it. John McCallion, please feel better, my friend. Said he uh, lost his uh, you know sense of taste and smell today uh, that, that's pretty scary i'm really hoping that he'll feel better 
you know, just Feel really, better, really, truly. Yeah, absolutely. Just hoping he's on the mend sooner rather than later. Uh, the conversation has been great. Again, Zangerstein truly cannot thank everybody out there for all that you Happy do. Happy New Year, Howard. Yes, Howard, very, very much appreciated. Happy New Year, a safe and prosperous one again for everybody in our chat, everybody watching, everybody listening. Joshua Dietz, our super fan on Facebook. All the props to you as well. And everybody on Facebook that's been watching, listening, cannot thank you enough. Also, go ahead and give us a chance. If you can, please go ahead and tell the people out there. I've been telling people ever since I've been on the road and in the air, flying to airport to airport about the Lakers fast break. And if you know any Lakers fans in your life, please, I hope you can as well. Because hopefully 2023 Joe tells me 2023 is the year of breakout for the for the Lakers fast break. Isn't that right, Joe? Isn't that right? Before we out on out? I yes. like that prediction. Yes. 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 23 will be like MJ 23 for us. There you go. Absolutely. Or LeBron James 23 when he first came to the Lakers. Before he changed he's, the he's six. number He's number six. Yeah, but, you know, he started out as 23. Our logo still has him as 23. I don't want to it's change gonna, it until It's going to be as clean as my teeth. Well, my teeth are pretty clean because I got them from my dentist, which is AKA my son. So here in Seattle, so great <laughs> job by him. So they can't thank him enough for uh, doing a great job on my teeth. And then also as well, having a great time here in Seattle, but I want to wish everybody a fantastic and happy and prosperous new year. Once again, if you have any questions for us, go ahead and shout them out to us at Lakers fast break on Twitter or Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. Big shout out to petting my cat. If he's going to be on hashtag, team replay he's usually eating a sandwich while doing so so absolutely <laughs> young mb howard hill all the people that go ahead and watch us usually after the fact cannot thank you enough for doing so 805 hiking so funny the other day he said you know i love you guys a show don't agree with anything you said or almost anything you said but i love the show anyways i love that comment that was just so funny if you don't like what was being said but you still love our show anyways all the more better to you anyways so Always love it. So Zangerstein, have a great year to come. Everyone, appreciate it so much. Blue Magic says on the way out, this time next year, the Lakers fast break might be the only available via pay-per-view. Mm. Big things coming. <laughs> Is that right, Joe? Are we going to be behind a paywall before the, end, uh, before the end of next year? I will say this like I've said it for a year and change. If the audience demands it, we will fulfill it. <laughs> yes. If there is, you know, the regular show, I think the app, the post games, give the people, the post games should always be free. I, I, I'm going to say now, post games should be free. Whether or not we do a Patreon and bring you things like the Laker History 101 and move that there, or NBA conversations, or anything of I'm, that I'm, nature, we'll I'm see. Going, but I'm going to say, for the post record, games should always be free for everyone. I'm going to, I am here. I enjoy doing what we're doing. I love watching the Lakers despite the issues. It's still a big part of my life. Uh, the fact that there's an audience that's built from listening to me talk is quite amazing. And I'm going to roll with it. And until it, no one wants to listen, this is strictly, this is an audience business. This is a, can you just like stand up comics, TV actors, movie actors, the market, the people will tell you if they want to listen to you or watch you. Until, That's right, Z. Unless that day stops, 
we're going to be here, even when we don't want to, to entertain those who are spending a lot of their time right now, an hour and 38 minutes, even with us starting late, listening to us for an hour and 38 minutes, it's only respectful to honor that and to oblige to the fact that they are spending their time listening to us. And and if that's, that, if that's what is going to come with this and more people come with it, then we're going to be here until our last breath. At least I am. I, I am in heaven right now. This is something I didn't expect to happen. I, I wanted it to happen. There were circumstances in the past where I, I had some ability to do it, but this is the perfect setup, at least for me, to be able to get on here with good people like you and Sean and Jamie and John and, and Laker Tom and having a really, really, really informative audience. And, and just, it's just fun. I just, an hour and 40 minutes went by really quick. I, I, it's sad that we have to go. But it's been great talking to each and every one of you. I mean, I was excited just the fact that I was still able to come in and talk about the game. I'm, I'm you know, I'm on remote location and I still want to do it. I'm still excited to do it. And that's because of you guys in the panel and you guys and gals out there watching and listening and in our chat, you make this show everything that it is. And we truly appreciate it. We're not going pay-per-view anytime soon. Okay. So don't worry, especially our post games, the post games. Yeah. yeah the let, me, let, me, let, let me say this. If there's anything we do in the future that requires you to your hand in your pocket, at least on my end, I promise you either it'll be really worth it or you will get something for it as well. It allows us to do so. Yeah, actually, that will give us the options if we ever decide to go through that as far as Patreon I, or some other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to go buy liquor. Yeah, I'm not going to go buy liquor with it. I'm not going to go buy a house with it. Um, we are, I, I believe we will eventually get to the point where there will be some monetary things happening. But I believe that there are certain entities out there that should be taking care of that, not the audience as much. But then again, Gerald is the producer and the head of this. So I still go by what Gerald will eventually want to do here. Well, you consider we put in almost well, probably around 700 hours or I put in 700 hours into this uh, so far coming up. We're coming up on 600 episodes. Well, I'm looking at it. I'm also I think this is 591. So you add an add a what you know extra I'm time looking on each at episode. It. Yeah, yeah, about my, 700, 800 hours. I'm looking at it as you've been doing this for 13 years, and I think there needs to be a payoff for you for sure. I'm hoping that that's the dream. It's the dream of every podcaster. I'm not a celebrity name that can just walk into someone somewhere, find a producer, find a company that would just pay me X amount, and there you go. We're doing this for free, essentially. And, you know, Anchor doesn't, doesn't, you know, when they would, he have to hit a certain amount just to even get a pit, you know, pitlance back. I sent these guys word uh, earlier today on, on an email in regards to what payback does for us. Payback's changing the rules on the 20, uh, in the new year. And, you know, it depends on the number of people that are watching. And, you know, we're doing it. I realize we're doing the, the playback TV slash Lakers fast break thing for fun. We all get together and have a good time watching the game. And, you know, that's not going to be something that we're going to be doing that's going to get a huge audience. And if it does, then we will truly be appreciative of it because it, we get pretty crazy on the playback.tv watch breaks. So that's those are those are always fun. And then, of course, here when it comes to this show, 
we just truly appreciate everyone out there watching and listening. And we're growing an audience. We're above 400 subscribers now. We're on our way up. And it's all because of you appreciating us with the Lakers fast break. So, Sean Grice, anything had to say before we head on out, my friend? Uh, absolutely, Gerald. Um, I have to give props to uh, Mr. Kevin O'Connor, who I think had the uh, tweet From the of ringer. the night. Who has the tweet of the night and says, don't take LeBron James for granted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we will go ahead and hit LeBron when it's worth it, when it's deemed well, necessary. But when you come I'll, in and play like you did today, you should get all the props in the world. It goes I, I, both ways. I think ultimately, if you looked at the, there's two versions of LeBron. And even though he's not a killer on the court, his skill set is much to admire. His his work ethic, his ability to withstand a 82-game season over and over again and factor in the playoffs there. I mean, the guy's played more than 20 years, actually, if you look at all the playoff appearances. that That's never really been in question. Even during the decision situation, I always thought the backlash on that was kind of stupid. Um, a little corny, a little – I could see how Cleveland could – could resent it. That I understood because they got jilted. Mm -hmm. But the fact that people who had no effect, that it didn't affect, I think it goes back to Sean and I, we were talking about it during the live stream, how people are so jealous of success and so jealous of somebody better than them. And I say better than them in the sense of better than them in a particular area and it makes them big, right? Uh, if you're going to not like somebody because of some weird angst of uh, subconscious jealousy, you're, 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 you're the problem. <laughs> My issues with LeBron are more of really off the court type stuff where he's not informed. And I can prove that, by the way, that he's not informed because it's out there. That's really my only issue with LeBron in his career. And um, when I say issue, uh, it's not something I sit back and go, you know, the heck with this guy, the heck with that guy, and this and this and that. It is a little bit of a nuisance, but after a while, when you sit back and relax, you start focusing on not getting suckered into all that and say, look, I'm here to watch LeBron James play basketball for my team. What, what goes on personally in his life Outside that, it you it, it I just don't give a damn. I'm sorry. I am I am about the best. I I want to watch Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, uh, Durant, Giannis. I want to watch these guys play basketball. I do not want to. I have no interest in listening about their personal lives. I don't care. Yeah, but okay, I, I don't want to start this argument because, again, I disagree with you on that. They're allowed to go ahead and talk about social things as just as much as everybody else out there. No, there, everyone's allowed to do something. It's just a matter of whether I care or not. I don't. I well, don't. you don't have to care. That's yeah, the problem. that's it. And that's my thing. And a lot of times it dominates our discussion. Then we get suckered into it. But right now we have to start appreciating the fact that LeBron James is 
is is is the Tom Brady of the NBA at the moment. Yeah, and that's where we should that's what we should end this. And show. I want I, yeah. I and, and it's it now becomes apparent that we need to start realizing, or at least the Lakers organization needs to realize that you better get something done here because he's got another two, three years left. Can we kind of try to go win another championship? Get your button gear and get this guy some help. Nothing better true than that right there for you. But once again, the Lakers do win on LeBron James's 38th birthday, 130 to 121. And we'll be back on Monday, January 2nd against Charlotte. So hopefully they'll get the rematch against Charlotte. The game starts at four. We'll have the Lakers fast break live watch party right there for you. Once again, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. It's always a fun time there. Then after the game, right around 630 or so Pacific time, it's us. We're returning back for another great chat, hopefully after a win and a winning road record, hopefully, on the road for this road trip. That would be awesome way to end this road trip. But one thanks so much, Z and everybody out there, Kenneth, Howard Hill, Blue Magic, you've all been great. Everybody in the chat has been sensational. We want to again wish everybody out there, <laughs> yes, Joe has still a lot of gas left in the different bag. <laughs> Oh, good one, Z. Good one indeed. But want to wish everybody a happy and safe new year and wish you all the best in 2023 when we come back right at you here on Monday, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.